Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. All right, welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This week we are joined by Norm McGiver... <laughs> This week we are joined by Norm McGillivray. No, McGill- McGillivray. There we go. I'm going to let you say it. And I'm going to leave that in because I think it's quite good to be <laughs> So welcome, Norm, the founder of Bed Down. Welcome. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the great thing that you're doing uh, in terms of Bed Down, you're, you've set up an amazing uh, non-for-profit organisation and uh, a charity that is helping homeless people across Australia. So really keen to learn more about how you uh, came across that idea, how it's grown, because uh, we're really sort of what, 18 months old now, the business, tw- nearly two years. No, no, actually, it's just um, we're not even 12 months yet. Not even 12. Yeah. Jeez, I feel like I've heard a lot about it in 12 months, so that's, that's great. <laughs> I don't know, it's because I, I like social media, so. Yeah. Why not, though? Why not? Uh, but before we launch in, into that, can you just give me a bit of a background snap of, of who you are, your experience, and, and um, what brought you to Australia and, and what you've been up to? Yeah. Thanks for that, Pat. And thank, as I said earlier on, thanks for, for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. So a, a bit about myself. You probably gathered from my accent. I'm not a local boy. So originally from Coventry in the UK. Uh, background is automotive. Used to work for Jaguar and Land Rover cars back in the UK, working in supply chain. So we used to work with suppliers and helping improve their productivity and efficiency of sending parts in into the factory for assembly. Yep. Left the UK in 2008. My wife is a mental health nurse. So we were sponsored on the 457 process through Queensland Health. They came over to the UK many years ago and did a recruitment drive. My wife went along, was offered a position pretty much on the spot and she was offered two locations one was Mackay and one was Rockhampton and we didn't know where where they were so when she came home we started doing the research we chose Mackay originally and um, when my wife went back to Queensland House said hey we really want to look at Mackay they said yeah. oh, someone's got that one so Rockhampton it was Rocky so we came out in 2008 into Rockhampton November left the UK minus five snowing stepped off a plane in Rockhampton First of all, I was like, okay, so where do they build cars around here? It was just like <laughs> lots of cattle and stuff. And uh, couldn't believe how, how warm it was when we stepped off the plane. So since being in Australia, in, since 2008, I've worked in government. Spent two years nearly in government in Rockhampton. My wife was offered a position down in Brisbane in 2010. So Jumped at it. Yeah, yeah, in correctional mental health, actually. Yeah. So she was offered a position down here in Brisbane. I tried to get a transfer with Queensland Government. And unfortunately, they never had a position for me to come to. I was a manufacturing specialist with Queensland Government. But one of the, one of the not-for-profit organisations that we were partnering with at the time heard I was coming to Brisbane and offered me a position um, with them. So I spent nearly eight years with, with that organisation um, in a senior leadership role. And I was made redundant nearly 12 months ago. Right, I see. Yes. So that would have been a shock to the system, obviously, being, being made redundant after that period of time. That's a very lengthy period of time with one business these days. Yeah, it was a not-for-profit that was uh, heavily dependent on government funding. And governments have come and gone, obviously, in that time frame. And unfortunately, they, they were a victim of funding cuts. So it wasn't a surprise when it happened. But... Um, 
it's just the nature of the beast. It is. So the you could sort of see the writing on the wall. Then you felt something was was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could yeah. see could see something was gonna have have to happen. Yeah, and, and the organisation had to be restructured. Were and, you and that was fair enough. keeping an ear to the ground for for opportunities, sensing that this could happen? I was. I was looking out, and the first thing you do when you're made redundant is is jump straight onto Seek. Of course. So I started applying for quite a lot of positions. Got lots of dear norms, and some organisations didn't come back to me at all. I was about all. to say, you're doing well to get a reply these days. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so really, you're, you're in a position where you've been made redundant, you've had a long sort of stable career with a company, it's come to an end. I imagine you're in a, a place where you've really got to think on your feet a little bit. If you don't start trying to put something into action, then you could get left without a role at all. What period did you come up with this new concept, Bed Down? Yes, that's a, that's a good question because probably the first thing I've done after the first few weeks, you're like, oh, I'll get some jobs done around the house, <laughs> keep an eye on seek, that sort of thing. And then as, as time time progresses, you need to start thinking, right, I need, I need to put a lot more effort into maybe securing a position, which is what I've done. And then once the dear norms are coming through, I started to think, right, okay, Maybe it's maybe it's time for me to to look at maybe creating my own not for profit charitable organisation. So that process probably started mid October of last year. Right now, mid October and, and bed down is really less than twelve months old. So did things move quite quickly for you once you came up with the idea? And I'll get you to explain the idea in a moment. But did things sort of move? What probably a bit faster than you anticipated. Yes, they did. In retrospect, looking back, looking back, some of it seemed like it's taken an absolute age to get to this point. But, but like you've just said, it's, it's less than 12 months and we've achieved so much in that time frame. I, I guess because I've, I've been playing in, in what I like to call and uh, reference to Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's um, a serial entrepreneur, if anyone follows him. He talks about being in the cloud and the dirt. So yeah. looking strategically, then, then working the hand-to-hand combat in, in the trenches. Yeah. So I've been in the trenches like for nearly twelve months. Hands on, on, on yeah. this, so it, it felt like it's taken longer to to get there. But in terms of the idea, when I fa- first came up with it, and maybe to set the context, if, yeah. if if I may, in terms of why what's brought me on the path of creating Bed Down. But in order to do that, we've got to travel back to the UK, and we've got to travel back into the nineteen seventies and jump in a DeLorean, travel back in time. Really early on in my childhood. I was a very, very young fella, Pat. Uh, my mum and dad were happily married. My dad was a, a businessman. He was a shop fitter. He was a carpenter by trade. He was in his early 30s when he suffered a stroke, which sort of immobilised his right-hand side. His face dropped, impeded his speech. Um, he was now disabled, so that was the end of the business. My mum was very young, bringing up a small child, which was myself. I was only two at the time when this all when this all happened. Now my dad was disabled. That put a lot of stress and strain on the relationship, and the relationship just couldn't couldn't handle that. So my mum and dad ended up getting separated and divorced. And as I mentioned earlier on, I'm from a place called Coventry, which is in central central um, England. And my dad found himself on the streets of London, homeless. So I have vague recollections from that point of him coming in and out of my life. Not even sure what time would pass, but. I just remember him being around at certain periods and my mum would get him tidied up, haircut, shave, clothes, and then he'd go back to the streets of London. 
I was 11 when um, we found out that he'd suffered a heart attack and he died. On the streets? On the streets in London. So he died lonely and homeless. And I was powerless um, to do anything about it. So here we are, nearly 40 years later, 2019. And interestingly, when you look at homelessness here in Australia, you know, you've got over 116,000 people deemed to be homeless. And there's lots of different layers to that. And we've got over 8,000 people across Australia every night sleeping rough. That's on concrete, on benches, in parks and under bridges. And more fascinating um, to me is there's hundreds of people that are sleeping rough that lose their life every year. Absolutely. From everything from suicides, overdoses, uh, pneumonia, infected wounds, that sort of thing. And what that means is the average life expectancy of someone who's long-term sleeping rough it's just 47 years of age. Wow. My dad died nearly 40 years ago at the age of 42. Here we are 40 years later. We won't talk about what's happened in 40 years, yeah. but even, even in the last 10 years in terms of technological advancements yeah. and medical advancements, and that needle hasn't moved much at all. So I, needed, I, I knew I wanted to do something around homelessness, and I specifically wanted to target people that were sleeping rough because that resonated and connected with me Absolutely. And, and as i said there's many different layers within homelessness but that was the layer that resonated and connected with me as i right okay so if i'm going to do something in this space i don't i don't want to reinvent the wheel of all the other great services that are out there yeah. so if, if i'm going to do something it needs to be something that's going to be different and it needs to have a meaningful impact and that's where I hit a bit of a brick wall at that point. So I was like, right, what am I going to do about that? <laughs> yeah, only yeah. one man, yeah. So I was deliberating this over a few days in terms of, right, this is the problem. What can I do about it? And I was converted a bedroom, converted a bedroom which was now my little office and still is my little office to this, to this day, coming up with these little ideas on Post-it notes and nothing, nothing was really sort of connecting with me. And I got to a point, I was like, oh, I've had enough of trying to thinking too hard. And what helps, what helps me when I'm looking at problem solving is if I take myself out of the boiling pot for a bit, go and watch TV, play a video game, do some reading, something like that, just to clear the mind. But this particular day, and I, I live out in the Redlands, so Victoria Point, I thought I'm gonna, I'll just go and grab a coffee. So I took myself off to Carindale Shopping Centre, the Westfield Shopping Centre, to go and grab a coffee and do some shopping. And, and look, I don't, know, I don't know what people's, the listeners' uh, religious beliefs are or anything. I'm not sure if my dad was looking down at me in this day or the planet's just aligned. I pulled, in, I pulled into the car park at Westfield, opened the car door, and that's where the light bulb moment sort of happened for bed down because the place was empty. And I, I, was, I got out of the car and I'm looking around thinking, wow, look at this space. It's very clean. It's sheltered. I wonder if anyone's doing anything to help the homeless in, in car parks. Perfect spot. Perfect spot. Yeah. A funny thing was um, I got an iPhone and there's an app on the iPhone called Measure. I'm not sure what, what phone you've got, Pat, but what, what that does is you can measure space in, in augmented reality. Yes, yes. So here I was, I popped open this app and I'm walking around this car park bay measuring this space and there's someone there's someone in the car looking at me going, what the heck's that guy doing over there? <laughs> that, was, that was quite fun. And I got all these little ideas that then sparking off in my head and getting quite excited. So grabbed a coffee, done some shopping, went home, jumped onto Google straight away. Car parks, homeless, couldn't find anyone doing anything in that space. 
not not in terms of what I wanted to do. The next thing was, right, okay, if, if I'm going to welcome someone into a car park, what's the sleeping arrangement going to look like on that? Because I don't want to be carrying around massive queen queen size mattresses because logistically very challenging. Yeah. So when I've done some research around that, air mattresses have come a long way in recent years from the day the days have gone when you used to connect either your mouth and blow, blow it up or or foot pumps yeah, you to press pump. a button right? yeah, yeah you plug them in you flick a switch and they inflate themselves and they deflate themselves so i was thinking right okay shelter i've got beds next part of the puzzle was who are the car park operators yes yeah so when i've done some research around that secure parking largest car park operator here in australia right good. over 600 um, locations across australia and new zealand on their website who's the leadership team peter anson ceo over to linkedin found him on linkedin and connected with him on linkedin in terms of start sending him a few messages saying hi peter i've got this idea mm. we'd really like to meet and discuss it's for a charity and to help the homeless and to his credit, he came back pretty quickly. Wow. And can, said, I, can I just interject? Yeah, yeah. Was, by all means. Was Bed Down actually formed by this stage, or were you sort of what they do is creating the business without actually having it, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, didn't, have a, it didn't have a name. It was just a concept in my mind at this yeah. point. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, I hadn't really thought it through, <laughs> other than shelter, mm. air mattresses yeah. as, as, as portability and, and logistically, and having that background back in the UK in Jaguar sort of working in supply chain so looking at the logistics of that so approached Peter through LinkedIn he came back saying okay Norm that sounds like an interesting idea here's my email address wow. what, what is this idea and at that point I was like you know what it's like if, 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 if you receive an email from someone there's a number of different ways you can interpret it yeah. I didn't want to send him an email and he just thought I was this crazy whack job in Brisbane yeah you know, yeah. wanted to do things in his car park. So I, I, I was pushing, I was pushing for a face to face because I, I really wanted to discuss it face to face with him. Yeah. But he kept pushing back saying, I really need to know more about this idea. I get lots of approaches from different organizations. What's this idea that you've got? Right. So here I was, I was like, how am I, I going to create and structure this email that he isn't going to think I'm, I'm this crazy guy? In yeah. Yeah. So I laid it all out. You've got this unused infrastructure underutilized at nighttime. This is what I want to do. Yeah. About 10 dot points. The whole thing about good corporate social responsibility, community good. You could be a first mover in this space. It's big these days, social responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Hit the send button. And yeah. this was on a Friday night. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe he'll never come back to me. I'll get another dear norm or something like that down the track. Or he'll come back to me in a few months. So I started to flick open Seek again to see what new jobs had come up on there. Yeah. And he came back pretty quick saying, wow, this sounds like a really great idea. That's, that's me. And that even now gives me goosebumps because that was, yeah. that was a concept still in my head at that time. Yeah. He'd give me the first bit of validation. Yeah. And then you can build a rep based on that, right? Yeah. So you can start putting things into action quite quickly. That's it. That's fantastic. I mean, I've, I've sent off, you know, hopeful introduction letters to, to CEOs and, and other important people. And you just almost give up sometimes before you've hit send. You just go, why am I doing this? You know, I know this is going to help them. They're not going to listen. They're too busy. The PA is going to block it. It just gets deleted, whatever it is. It must have been a real shock when someone of in that senior role actually said, I'm interested. I want to learn more. It must have made just giving you goosebumps, like you said. Yeah. It does. It, it still does, uh, Pat, to this, to this day when I, when I talk about it because for him, the CEO – of the largest car park operator in Australia and New Zealand to come back pretty quickly and say, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Let's 
follow that up with a meeting. I was, I was, I was blown away. So, are you doing a lot of work with Secure Parking now? Are they sort of? Are you in partnership to? Um, yeah, yeah. Is that all across um, Queensland? Is that work across Australia? Look, it will be. I mean, uh, a lot of the journey has brought us to a point in time where we're going to be piloting the concept in okay. a, in a few weeks' time because oh. no one's done this before. And ironically and naively, I think once Secure Parking said, "Yeah, we want to be part of this," I thought I could start setting up car parks pretty quickly okay unfortunately that's not the case because bureaucracy comes into play and you've got to you've got to align to various rules and regulations <laughs> unfortunately and and that's been that's been that's been the biggest chunk of the time is getting those approvals mm. yeah i see so logistically how is it going to work like have you got a with the pilot have you got just one location where you're going to uh, open up and, and sort of pre pre let people know that this is this is the week or this is the night we're going to do it, um, and then are you in contact with um, you know leaders of in terms of the homeless community to say hey we've got this can you spread the word is, and they're going to come to you yeah okay so just to set the context around um, before I answer that question if you wouldn't mind me divulging you know let let me play this one through a little bit is the whole premise of bed down is to take spaces that are normally busy during the day and left empty and vacant at night time. Then we activate and repurpose them into pop-up accommodation. So car parks are of particular interest because they're in every CBD location across Australia. A lot of the homeless community are based in CBD locations around Australia and they're easily accessible. So... I'm looking at building bed down on three core foundations, and hopefully this answers the question, um, but if not, we can go into a bit of deeper detail on that. The first core foundation is we believe everyone deserves a bed to sleep in, and we want to bring this to as many people as we can as we scale and grow throughout Australia, starting in one location, which is the pilot location. The second core foundation, I'll say what it is, then then I'll go into a bit more detail, is it's about repairing the quality of life before building a life of quality. So wrapped around the premise of providing someone a safe, secure, comfortable environment to get a good night's sleep, I'm collaborating with other charitable organisations to bring their services in. Oh, really? So if you think of the likes of Orange Sky that do laundry, yes, I've got Hair Aid coming in to do haircuts. I've got Salvation Army coming in to do some chaplaincy. I've got some other chaplains coming in as well. I've got a dentist coming in to do some dentistry. I've got a mobile doctor and nurse team coming in. Wow. Then I've got, I've got, I've got a provider of, of clothes, yeah. new, new clothes. And, and the site that we've got is what they call an end-of-trip facility so people can access showers and toilets. So we're hoping to restore dignity, to res- respect self-esteem, confidence. Building a life of quality is to try and get people into longer-term solutions. And what does that look like? Yeah. Is that accommodation? Is it training, education, employment? Or is it rehabilitation? Or is it a combination of all those factors? Yeah. If we get someone into a longer-term solution, it means they're not coming. De- they're not coming back to use my services. Yeah. Which is absolutely awesome because that leads into our third foundation, which is to expedite the end of bed down. So yeah. I'm setting up this organisation at some point to put it out of business in the future. Yeah. yeah. Now it's not an overnight fix, as you could probably appreciate, but we're setting setting off with that mindset involved. Now, in terms of the question you were asking, so I just thought I'd set that context yeah. in terms of how how that. How so it's, it's not just operate. a location for a night. Now it's actually. No incorporating a whole range of services for homeless people with the end goal like you said to put yourself out of business but that being a good thing right absolutely yeah and i think more people should actually think like that when they start a business too because that's brilliant and 
And on the back of that, when we we're just talking about stats earlier about people losing their lives and, and the average age, so this is this is more than providing a, someone a shelter and a bed to sleep at night. It's about changing people's lives and saving people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of we're, we're, for the pilot, we're looking to identify the guests ahead of time because we're going to do some research during that pilot to measure the impact and the benefits of bed down. And then from there, we want to scale and grow it out. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and yeah, I've heard of Orange Sky. They're, they're getting some some um, popularity in terms of what they do. It's quite unique. And it really, from what I know, part, would partner quite well. You know, you're providing the location, which is ideal. Um, bringing in, is it some Vincent DePaul, did you say, are coming in? Uh, Salvos. Sal- Salvation Army. So you're really sort of uh, being a, a meeting point for everyone to help homeless people. It, it's about collaboration. collaboration. The big model is about collaboration and bringing bringing the, the services to the guests and yeah. not expecting the guests to try and hunt down these services to access. One of the things about homelessness is pe- people don't understand that a lot of people on the streets are there through having a, some sort of mental illness, uh, unfortunately. So unfortunately, when you um, people have experience mental health problems and end up getting a, a short or long-term uh, debilitating mental illness, unfortunately end up on the streets. And it's just uh, it's an unfortunate outcome of, of that condition. It's a bit of a double-edged sword because if by chance someone is homeless and they it's not through having a mental health illness, they can then develop poor mental health just by being homeless just by being on the streets being unsecure uh, high levels of anxiety depression uh, potential psychotic behavior so what you're doing is really catering to sort of those people who really need assistance the most in in having yeah absolutely pat and 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 just to set yeah that's very interesting that you actually brought that up because one of the things as well as having the personal connection to homelessness. Sort of February this year, I, I got to a point where I was like, if I really want to solve and address this issue of, of people that are sleeping rough, I need to experience it firsthand. So I went out into the in, into Brisbane CBD to sleep. It was only overnight in a short period in the, in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. it changed my perspective on so many different levels. It's hard to actually describe that experience because... When you throw a sleeping bag down a piece of concrete and you try and sleep on that, mm. the human body quite quickly tells you that it's not designed to do that. Mm-hmm. And we've come a long way since caveman and cave women. And I, when we done that, I lasted about 10 minutes. I was in pain. I had to get up and it took me about five minutes to readjust. And then you add in, you know, it's funny because until you experience it, a lot of homeless people, well, every homeless person has this superpower mm. and it's called invisibility. And until you experience that, and it happens very quickly, when you when you look the part, which we did, that people just don't see you. It's funny. I, I, was, I had a quite a visceral experience going through that process. And we called it an immersion night. And I could see if someone, if they hadn't got a mental health issue and... They've been brought to the street. A relationship might have broke down, domestic violence, whatever it may Some have. Something financial yeah, yeah. that put them yeah. on. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different different layers a lot to of different it. Different reasons. Yeah, but they're carrying that baggage. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they're faced with trying to exist and cope and survive. Yeah, of being on the streets and being invisible, and then the pure bu- brutality of the environment. I could see very very quickly that you get to a fork in the road as your mental health is going to deteriorate, and you're going to. What's going to give me some comfort? 
is it going to be the bottom of a bottle or am I going to try a different substance? Yeah. Yeah, something just to get through. Yeah. yeah I can see pain. that quite clearly. Yeah. And I, I, I get it. I totally understand. I know there was a series, I can't remember its name, on, on SBS where they um, they put, you know... Uh, Filthy Rich and Homeless, is that the one Is that the of? one where they put sort of just your, your main sort of um, class people yeah. on, on the streets and said, right, we'll... we'll We'll film you, and, and a lot of them were tapping out, you know, couldn't last the week. I think it was a week, um, you know, in tears often. They're, it was visible that their mental well-being was, was going backwards real quick. And then you think, wow, the, some of the people on the streets are actually super resilient. They, the stuff they put up with, the, the weather, uh, just, you know, cities, some CBDs aren't safe at night in general just with the hoo-ha that goes on. Um, it's, yeah, just super resilient to actually just get through for as long as they do. But they, they do it by necessity, of course. They don't have a choice. Yeah, but then we've got the factor of obviously the sad statistics of hundreds of people dying every year from things like suicide. And, you know, a lot of that would be driven by mental health yeah. issues and depression. And- yeah. And then run yeah. into the wrong people of, yeah. you know, substances, substance abuse would be high. So, But I can understand that. Absolutely. In terms of what's going to give me comfort. Mm. How, how am I going to survive? Yeah. And, and I totally get it. We're sitting here sort of, you know, on a nice 30 degree day in Brisbane, but yeah. there's, there's cities around Australia and around the world where in the winter, if you're on the streets and you don't have appropriate care, I could imagine there'd be all sorts of medical conditions from being out in the cold and being accessed to, you know, subject to the flu and yeah. just how are they going to afford medication how are they going to afford to see a doctor it's um it just puts into perspective everything that you're doing and and uh helping these people out i think it's amazing mm-hmm. um when when does the pilot start the pilot starts i was hoping it was going to be the 28th of september but unfortunately in brisbane there's there's and a little event called uh, River Fire that night. Oh, so too, yeah. it's going to be a bit busy in the, the city centre. So yeah. it's the 29th of September. 29th, okay. Sunday the 29th for 14 nights. 14 nights. And yeah, up yeah. to 30 guests every night. Okay. But we're looking to identify those people ahead of time, as I, as I previously mentioned. And you're using a secure park in the, yeah, in the we're CBD? Us, yeah, we're using a secure park in, I can't tell you which one it is. That's because okay. For obvious reasons. Um in the C- CBD, yes. Amazing to have them on board. Like like you mentioned before, he came back really quickly, wanted to learn more. Uh, I saw the video on your website where he's talking about how he thought it was just a great idea. Um, yes. Just amazing that they've just put a concept into action. I was, I was really blown away. I mean, I had this idea. I thought it was a crazy idea because it challenges conventional thinking. You know, it's using spaces and infrastructure we've already got in existence to – to use it differently yeah. to solve and address an issue that we have around Australia and for them to come back and Peter in particular, I, I, you know, I take my hat on. If I had a hat on, I'd be taking it off because he, he's been, he's been awesome. And the whole team at secure park had been amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, there is, there is hope out there for listeners. You know, if you've got an idea and you think it's, it's too small or someone doesn't care or they just won't listen, just try like Norm did. Just reach out. Did you, you send a few messages on LinkedIn? I take it. Yeah, LinkedIn's a great platform for hunting down people, and I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating people stalk anyone on LinkedIn or or any other social media platform. But it is good to once you do your research and you find out, obviously from an organisation's website, who the main people are, and then using LinkedIn as a well, it's there for a networking tool. Using using it for for what it's for. Yeah. 
Interestingly enough as well is what you just said about if anyone has an idea to go for it. Absolutely. I've, I've had to literally will bed down into existence because I've had, I've had no resources to create this thing. Yeah. And initially I, when I, I thought of how am I, how am I going to raise the capital? Cause I, I estimated as it turned out really quite badly what, what I needed to, to get bed down off the ground, which was about $40,000. Right. And I thought, how am I going to do this? So I went crowdsourcing. So I, I used a platform called GoFundMe. And once, once Secure Parking were on board, and sorry if I'm going off, off topic a little bit, um, but just plugging into what you said about people, people and ideas, I, I thought, right, okay, I'll set up this GoFundMe campaign, but it was in December. And I thought, right, this can go one or two ways. <laughs> it's the season of goodwill and giving. Yes. Or people are just cash strap because it's the season of goodwill and they've 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 spent a lot of money on the family and friends and stuff can imagine yeah it was the latter (laughs) (laughs) it was the latter so we got to um just after christmas i raised about twelve hundred dollars and i thought i've got to i've got to change my tact to my strategy yeah um so i started approaching people and getting in front of people and once i had the opportunity to to meet someone and tell them my story by the way about my dad and what i was looking to do and the vision people on board to help me so we were talking about an organization earlier on they funded the build of my website yeah yeah you can mention them uh, yeah jdp was yeah it? just 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 digital people yeah. kieran o'donnell he's Fantastic. been absolutely amazing he he funded the build of the website so um, so he reached out to you yeah to help he said he, he said he uh, done a google search i'm not sure that that's 100 correct but he, he he did reach out through linkedin and we met just before christmas and he told me what he was looking to do, and I was like absolutely blown away by that. I was like, "Thank you so much!" And he funded the website Build, uh, organization by the name of Digital Eight built it, okay. and that they went above and beyond as well in terms of their brief and scope. So they've been absolutely awesome as well. But then there's been organizations um, helping me out because, like I said earlier on about rules and regulations and bureaucracy, mm. I, I, I thought naively that I'd be able to bring people in straight away, but that, that wasn't the case. Got to follow you, a bit of a process. You, you need to go through planning regulations and building code and compliance, and that stuff is a totally different language, and it's not a language I know how to talk. I can imagine. So I had to find people that helped me out there. So the Walter Consulting Group on planning have been absolutely amazing. Um, BSPN Architects, yep. they organized all the building code and compliance They because they deal with a lot of people in that space absolutely amazing Every, everyone i've had a ch- chance to to meet and, and seek their support they've they've been awesome so sometimes it's really just about having the chance to tell your story and then let that resonate and then if you tell enough people like like we're seeing companies want to help out you know they want to connect they want to do goodwill for for organizations such as yours and help charities it's just having that initial sort of and, and in your case it looks like secure parking were that break to then build everything else in and go to people and be confident yes in, in yeah have that confidence having the leverage to use use their name yeah because that gives you the credibility to say it, i've got an organization like that behind me it changes from being an idea to an event like this is actually happening you're are you going to help me if not i'll you know someone else will and then people go okay I'm, yeah. I'm in. And, yeah, and look, I've had to get a bit of a crocodile skin along the way as well, because there's been there's been people that you meet and you tell the idea to, and they they just hate it. And yeah. I use the what what I've called the, I use my Taylor Swift methodology, which is the players are going to play, the haters are going to hate, you're just going <laughs> to shake it off and move on. And that that's the the way I've looked at this and 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 live by that now. Yeah, you have to. Well, that's just part of being a business, really, yeah. which is sort of what you're doing too. 
Talk to me about the hackathon that you ran very recently up here in Brisbane yeah. on, on the weekend and what was involved. Yeah, that was awesome. So that was just digital people again. When we launched the website back in April, Kieran O'Donnell, the founder of Just Digital People, said, hey, Norm, we'll probably we'll do a hackathon at some point in the future. And I thought, hackathon, what's that? Are we going to watch Friday the 13th movies all weekend? What's that all about? <laughs> and he went... No, no, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll, we'll get a group of um, developers in and designers and marketers and we'll give them a few things to work on on the weekend and then come back with some prototypes and we'll give you, a, you know, it might be able to bolt something into your website and that'll be like a chat bot or something like that that can, you know, evaluated service. Like, oh, that's great. So that was in, we, we talked about that in April. Then about six weeks ago, we got together and we, we said, right, let's get this hackathon sort of locked in. And we did it on the 24th and 25th of August. So we shot we shot a little video to promote it and such, and that went on LinkedIn. And there's been a lady from Telstra who's been following the bed down journey since 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 I came up with the idea, and she she works in digital transformation. So she saw that we were doing a hackathon, and she got right behind it and said, "We want to we want to be involved in this." Right. So we held it on the 24th and 25th, and we had about 60 people turn up across all the disciplines of developers. Dis- um, website designers, app developers, marketers, U- UX and UI yep. sort of people, people that got awesome technical skills Tech, that, I, code, I, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. I don't know anything about. <laughs> and we gave them eight problem statements and they went away. They, they chose a problem statement that they wanted to work on. So there was about six teams and they worked all weekend. They gave up their weekend yeah. for this, for bed down. And they blew me away. On, on, on the Sunday, they they all presented their their concepts. Some some were clickable prototypes. Some were just like screenshots. Yeah. And we had people designing uh, concepts where a lot of a lot a lot of homeless people. About not the, the numbers are quite high actually. It's between ninety five and ninety eight percent of people that are homeless have got a mobile device. Right. So some of these concepts range from a person being able to find and book a bed directly within a bed down location and yep. see what the availability was directly from their mobile phone uh-huh. and the potential to bring in other service operators to, to put their availability on, which was very exciting. There was ones around food yeah. and, and finding food. There was ones on finding amenities, like showers and yeah. toilets and that sort of thing. There's ones around ID, yep. digital ID, and what because a lot of people lose their ID or their ID stolen if they're attacked or mugged or something like that. Absolutely. So some amazing, amazing concepts that basically that we're bringing together actually in, in, to to create almost like it might a lot of the concepts could actually integrate to one another to come up with a platform or if they were separate apps, but bringing it together in like a tech technological roadmap. Yeah, for for bed down, and then we'll we'll see what we can do about getting some funding. To implement some of them ideas because the last thing we wanted to do is have all these people give up their weekends create some really awesome concepts for them just to go away and go oh yeah that was great but i wonder if they'll ever, ever yeah. do anything with it yeah action we, yeah. we want to really yeah because some of the ideas were just amazing they really were um, um i think we were talking before we we started the podcast that there's a bit potential to even have it like as it wouldn't use data on homeless people's uh, mobile devices yeah so so one of the things um that that telstra can do is obviously being the largest telco in in australia is certain websites or apps can be at zero data so no one needs to have um 
credit on their phone to yeah, access it. That? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're that, the things you have to think of when you're dealing with people who don't have um, regular income yeah. and, and well, without a home. Yeah, yeah. Just Absolutely. those little things can yeah. make such a difference. Uh, could even save a life. Well, that's what it's all about, and that's why a lot of people have a mobile device because that's their only connection to services or friends or family yeah absolutely yeah how good is that so is it the hackathon was a big success oh it was incredible incredible i was blown. i mean i've never been to a hackathon before like i said i i, I thought it was like a, a weekend of watching horror movies when i when it was first mentioned to me <laughs> but uh abs- absolutely blown away and we, look, ultimately we're looking at running another one. Oh, good good yeah because it was just so, so even, even the people that took part in it were saying how great it was yeah yeah and for them to say that was like awesome that's fantastic so i imagine for you we're getting to a really busy time of the year because you've got the pilot coming up you finished the hackathon things are really starting to ramp up so what does the rest of the year look like for for bed down and and where do you see it sort of going into 2020 yeah it's going to be busy (laughs) that's first and foremost yeah the the first priority is obviously the pilot yeah sure making the pilot successful from there it's then right how do we put a stake in the ground? Brisbane is where it all started, but we want to bring bed down to as many of those 8,000 people. Yeah. And, and when we say about 8,000 people, it, it's interesting because that's the stats from the last census, but the stats are way out of date. So it's a lot more people. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So we want to bring bed down to as many of those people as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three-year strategy, actually, when we're looking at it, is we want to try and get to 60, 60 venues, approximately 50, 50 beds in each, each location, We'll, we'll provide a safe, secure shelter to over 3,000 people a night within the next three years. That's so, that, so that's the aim. Excellent, excellent. Um, from that, obviously, we're a charitable organisation, so we're going to be looking for funding, whether it's through government or corporate sponsors, general public, to help us realise that vision. And how can people get in contact with Bed Down to help out if this story's really, really resonated? They really want to help, uh, you know, encourage you to keep going and support your vision how can they reach out to Bed Down and, and ultimately give something to you as well? Yeah, there's, there's a number of different ways. So first and foremost is the website, beddown.org.au. Now, the interesting thing is we're a fully registered charity with DGR status, but you've got to register in each state and territory around Australia for fundraising, which is interesting. So just going through that process at the moment. So you can, you can contact me straight through through the website. There's a contact form on there or directly at norm at beddown.org.au. Happy to have a conversation. We've got a sponsorship support proposal that, that's ready that we can send to anyone in the business community, but any, any, anyone from the general public. And, and look, general public at, in the main, look through our Facebook page and through LinkedIn have been absolutely awesome. I've had people donating air mattresses to us, pillows, doona covers, doonas. They've been absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Excellent. So, so generous. So, so, so grateful. If you're listening and you want to donate something, obviously go to the Bed Down website. But if you're part of a business that you think could contribute something to, to Bed Down, whether it be something you've heard or something that you have thought of while you've listened to this that could really help uh, homeless people across Australia, I'm sure Norm would love to, to hear your idea and, and have a conversation with you. And especially if you're in Brisbane, you'll probably catch up for a coffee with you too. Um, for how, sure. How, what's your social media handles how can we uh, find you online yeah so linkedin we've got a company page just type in bed down you'll be able to find us on facebook at bed down tonight uh same on instagram at bed down tonight 
Excellent, excellent. And uh, you're growing those um, profiles every day by the looks of it at the moment. Yeah, the, I guess the one that's probably lacking is 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 Instagram. I should be I should be at, be more active on that, but Facebook and LinkedIn seem to be the the. the Two active platforms. But yeah, I've got to do, I've got to up my Insta game. <laughs> Doesn't everyone know at the moment? It's it's getting harder. I think so. And there's more and more platforms come out all the time. It's yeah. It's I know you, I know you love putting out the odd video or two, so you can see a bit about some of the videos that have been made. Yeah, I love so, videos. Um, Norm, you're doing a fantastic thing. I actually thought the company had been around a lot longer. I've been following your progress on LinkedIn. I was surprised when you told me you'd been less than 12 months. I thought, yeah. um, but I think your message is getting out there, and I, I really wish you a lot of success with the pilot in a couple of weeks. Um, as, as you know, as we go into summer, if you think you can contribute or help people on, on the streets during this you know, tough time, especially at Christmas when they don't have a lot of family, they need a lot of support, and, and just you can contribute to their mental well-being, then please reach out to Bed Down or Norm on, on LinkedIn or the social channels or the website. Um, and contribute where you can. I think that'll be a, a big thing for Bed Down to, to support your vision and hopefully help you grow. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Oh, it's been great I to really hear your story, and, and I don't think it's finished. I think there's a long way to go, so I reckon we'll probably get you back next year and, and get an update. Love to, love to. Thanks, Norm. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button, and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.